My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Guys, today we have an awesome episode. We have Erin Meinl here. She's from Lake Country Sleep. She is a sleep consultant and just in our conversations, she's so non-judgmental. I mean, I love Erin, how you kind of emphasize first and foremost, like do what works for your family, do what works for your family. Um, and I know you feel really passionately about mom's mental health and really helping the whole system from that regard. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, just talking with you over the last few weeks and planning this episode, um, I'm really passionate about mental health and it kind of goes hand in hand with what I do as a sleep coach or sleep consultant. Um, and it's one of the big reasons that I started this business. Um, so I'll just start by giving a little background there, um, and kind of going through my philosophy when it comes to sleep and mental health and, you know, different family choices, um, and then we can get into some tips to help um, your child sleep and, you know, hopefully help moms get the sleep they need to, to function. Awesome. That sounds great. Awesome. So, um, like I said, one of the big reasons I started my business, Lake Country Sleep, was because after I had my first son, I was in a world of hurt. I... Um, had extreme postpartum anxiety after the fact. I wasn't sleeping because he wasn't sleeping. There wasn't really um, the education out there that there was like for labor and delivery or for breastfeeding. Um, nothing about newborn sleep and what that looks like, what that should look like, and what that could look like if you do it um, and take steps to help your child with it from the start. So that was lacking, and I felt the effects of it when my first son was a newborn. Um, I had, I almost had like a, a mini intervention with my husband and my mom at one point. I was holding my baby in the nursery crying just because I was so tired and overwhelmed, and I didn't know what to do. Um, my anxiety was like at an all-time high, and it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. You know, I wasn't able to take care of myself the way I needed to. And in turn, I wasn't able to care for my child the way I needed to. Um, so we, you know, came up with a plan and made my sleep a priority um, along with, you know, my other goals of breastfeeding and eventually getting back to work. Um, there's all this pressure 
and you know you want to do it right you want to do it well and there are not always enough resources to do that um so that is one of the big reasons i started this was you know to help other moms out of that kind of situation and just basic education um, because like I said, that was lacking when I went through it. And I, I don't want anyone else to feel like that if they don't have to. Um, yeah, so. you're, you're right. It's so, I mean, I feel like there's so much of motherhood that's not told until after the fact. I always laugh. I say that I feel like motherhood, at least some parts of it, were kind of like a hidden track on a CD. It's like no one talks about it. And then all of a sudden you just keep going and you keep going. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and then you realize it's a thing and everyone then kind of talks about it. But by then it's kind of too late. Like you're already exhausted from not sleeping. You already feel overwhelmed because if you jump on Google, there's a million different suggestions about what to do with sleep and what you should do, what you shouldn't do. So it can get really confusing for moms and wear them down emotionally and mentally like you're talking about. Yeah, really overwhelming. And, you know, not knowing when you're in the middle of it, what recommendation to follow you know you have aunt sally over here saying this and then you have your mother-in-law saying that and then you have your best friend saying this and none of it's the same so it's right. like how do you figure out what works best for you yeah absolutely. Um, so that kind of goes into my philosophy a little bit as a sleep coach and a consultant um i'm always coming from the idea of if it's not broke, don't fix it. So if what your family is doing is working for you, great. Like I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, you know, tell you you have to do it this way. If what you're doing is working, we're not going to change it. However, if you're struggling and it's not working and you want to make a change, that's what I'm here for. Um, I have the education. I've read the books so that you don't have to spend hours trying to stay awake to do that yourself. Um, and I'm here to support and guide you. I'm a mom myself. I've been there. I know what it feels like. And like I said, I, because I have felt that way and I don't want anyone else to feel that way. Like if you are feeling that way, I'm here to help you out of it. Um, and help your little one get the sleep they need and in turn help you get the sleep that you need to be able to be the best mom for your little one because you know ultimately that's what we want mm -hmm. and you're bringing up such a good point i think and i hope it's I, I believe it's gotten a little bit better over time at least in the two and a half years that i've been a mom but i feel like there's a camp of of people whether it's non-parents or even moms unfortunately sometimes they'll they'll kind of say like, well, you signed up for this or like, of course, you're not going to sleep. You're a mom. And it's like, okay, we can deal with a little bit of that, obviously, but our sleep is important too. When moms aren't sleeping, that has such negative effects on our irritability levels, which obviously affects the relationships and the baby around us. Like it, it affects our ability to be good caregivers for our children. And so we really need to prioritize this. And for any mom who's listening, it's not selfish to want to, to want your baby to sleep more. Like I remember feeling that way for sure. Um, I remember feeling selfish or ungrateful that I wasn't able to just kind of like do whatever it was that he needed to do, whatever he needed to do. Right. Like I, I was, a, I was feeling bad that I wanted something to change and I'm glad that we're just opening up the conversation for that more. And it's okay. It's okay to be frustrated with the situation and to want your baby to sleep more. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. And it's good for your baby to sleep. You know, 
they are going through so many changes in such a short amount of time. They need it. They really do. And the other thought I had was, and this is before I started doing what I, what I do. Um, it was, if I'm feeling this crummy because I'm not sleeping well, how is my newborn baby feeling? You know, like he's not sleeping well either. So, you know, like I was wondering what kind of effects is this having on him? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so true. Yeah. So I then decided to go through a certification program to um, be able to start a business and help other parents out, um, not just in the newborn phase. I mean, that was what triggered it for me. Um, but, you know, there <laughs> during my course, there was a statistic that I learned. It was something along the lines of 80% um, of babies who don't sleep well become toddlers who don't sleep well become children who don't sleep well. So, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you're not going to provide, you know, the right environment or the, a consistent strategy or routine for your child, um, nothing's going to change. So it's kind of one of those things where you have to help them learn that skill. It's almost like riding a bike, you know, you're not just going to give your child the helmet and the bicycle and expect them to know what to do, right? You're going to be there to show them first, then you're going to be there to, you know, support them and guide them and teach them how, and then eventually you're going to, you know, stand back and cheer them on as they learn to do it on their own. So that's also, you know, another philosophy and mentality that I come from when we're talking about this kind of thing. That's awesome. I like the analogy of the bike. I think that's really resonant with me for sure. So talk to us first about kind of how do we set that stage, right? The equivalent of like giving them the helmet and the bike. So, so how do we kind of set the stage for sleep and get them in the right environment? Exactly. So first I just want to say that you know, when I work with clients, we're not just like doing sleep training. We are looking at your child from a holistic perspective and making sure that all of these different pieces are in place so that when you do implement these strategies, they work. Um, so uh, that brings us to like my first tip. And that's exactly what we just mentioned. Um, how do we set the stage? We want to definitely provide the right kind of environment. So um, I know when I was pregnant with my first, and this is just kind of, um, you know, I feel like a lot of moms can relate to this. Like you dream about like the perfect nursery, right? So when we're thinking about a bedroom or a sleep space that induces sleep, we want it to be dark. We want it to be cool. The AAP recommends that we keep the sleep space between 68 and 72 degrees. Uh, we want to have some sort of white noise playing in the background. I know a lot of new parents might try lullabies and music, um, but we really want the noise to kind of uh, be stagnant. So white noise is really good. It doesn't stimulate the brain like music does. I'm not saying you shouldn't sing to your baby or play a lullaby while you're getting them ready for bed. That's totally fine. But when it's time to actually sleep, we just want it to be that stagnant noise, like white noise. Um, and then we also want it to be safe. So um, we 
obviously from an environmental perspective, we don't want any cords visible or within reach of the crib or the bassinet. Um, we want we want to follow the ABCs of safe sleep, which is also from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So that is having your baby in their space alone. So the only things that your baby should have in their sleep space um, should be themselves in their swaddle. And then if they're not in the swaddle anymore, in a sleep sack, and that's it. So they're on a fitted sheet in their crib or bassinet totally alone. They're, they don't need any blankets. They don't need pillows. They don't need stuffed animals when they're that age. Um, once your baby is past 12 months of age, it's then safe to stick in like a little blankie or lovey item with them. Um, but up until that point, they're totally alone, empty in their crib. Um, and that is the other thing. We want them in a crib or bassinet a lot of things are marketed to new parents um, to help their baby sleep, but they're actually not approved for safe sleep. Um, lots, lots of things that people use um, are like those loungers or swings. Um, I know the, the like rock and plays were recalled. Anything that's at an incline like that is not safe um, just because of the incline. So we really just want to make sure that when we're purchasing products or looking at products for our child's sleep, that it is actually marketed as a crib or bassinet. Those are approved and are safe for sleep, but anything else is not. Um, and then we also want to lay them on their back. So um, I know, I believe the campaign, it started in the late 80s or early 90s, the Back to Sleep campaign. And with that, there was a significant decrease in the amount of SIDS cases that was occurring. Um, now, a lot of people and older people especially have the mindset, well, I slept on my tummy and I'm, I'm okay, I'm alive. Yes, but there are other you know, babies who, who can't say that because they're not here anymore. So it's important. I know babies don't always sleep as well on their back as on their tummy. However, that is also why I do what I do. Um, I wanna help you get the right strategies to help your little ones sleep safely. So um, that's another reason I you know, work with parents prenatally even um, before their baby arrives to help teach them you know, these different strategies they can do. Um, okay, so then that's B and C is in their crib. So like I said before, crib or bassinet, anything marketed as a sleeper or a lounger is actually not safe and definitely don't be looking at anything with an incline. Um, a lot of people will also use or try to use bumper pads in the crib really it should be empty. There shouldn't be anything. Um, I've had people ask, well, what about those mesh bumper pads that are breathable? While they are breathable, like if your baby were to get stuck against it, they could probably breathe through it. However, that causes a risk for strangulation. So we still don't want any kind of bumper pads in the crib, even the mesh ones. So um, that's kind of setting the stage um, for the right kind of environment. That's so helpful. There were so many tips in there and, you know, every mom is different. Every child is different, but there were so many tips in there that I've never even heard of before, like the white noise versus the lullaby. 
<laughs> and I know that even as a two and a half year old, Eli has a little elephant that plays a lullaby. Like while he's sleeping, he doesn't, I, I mean, he does fine with white noise, but I've never thought of that before the, the way that it kind of could stimulate your brain differently. So yeah. really awesome tips. That's so cool and super interesting. Love the little things that moms can start to implement right away if they need to, to exactly. start to get their baby sleep in a little bit. So something else that's difficult is kind of these nap times and, you know, just routines in general. So, so talk to us about routines, what that looks like for bedtime and nap time so that moms can set themselves up for success in that way. Absolutely. So you definitely want to start pretty much from the beginning with bedtime and nap time routines. And these will very much look the same, um, minus maybe when you do bath time and or feedings, depending on your child's age. So I always recommend um, looking at the bedtime routine first, and lots of babies and kids love bath time. So I recommend starting with a bath. If your child is not a fan of bath time, we don't wanna do it at that time of day. We really want the bedtime routine and the nap time routine to be a calm and kind of like winding down type of event. We don't want it to be stimulating. So like I said, if they're not a fan of bath time, don't do it during their routine. So I like to start with a bath, um, just overall, like helping um, the water will help bring the body temperature down, which helps promote a, a good night's sleep. So that's one of the reasons I recommend it. Um, after that, you know, do, put a fresh diaper on, get lotion and pajamas on, um, depending on your baby's age. You'll probably want to do a feed at this point in the night or in the evening um, if your baby is older than four months. You'll want to do the feed and then offer um, maybe a book or two. Say your, your prayers, sing your songs, whatever it is you do, and then uh, get them in their sleep sack, turn their white noise on, and lay them down in their crib. Um, the reason we want to do the feed for babies who are older um, than four months at that point in the routine is because we want to separate it with one or two more activities before they actually go in their bed to kind of break up that association between sleeping and eating. If your baby is younger than four months, we want to end the routine with the feed right before you do your hugs and kisses, cuddles, um, and into the crib, because we wanna ensure that they're going to sleep with a pretty full tummy, especially because um, they need to feed more frequently. So they'll be waking up at night to feed also. We just wanna make sure they have a full tummy to ensure that we can get a long stretch of, the, of sleep for them to start. Um, so like I said, routines kind of vary based on age. Um, and then the nap routine should basically be the same as the bedtime routine, just a little bit more condensed. So if we're talking times, the bedtime routine should maybe be 20 to 30 minutes. If you're including a bath, maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Um, the nap routine should maybe be 10 minutes tops. So you're gonna do a, a quick diaper change, 
read a book, um, say your prayers, snuggles, cuddles, kisses, and put them in their crib after that. Awesome. Yeah, that is, I'm sure a lot of women are out there are like, okay, I'm kind of on the right track, but definitely room to improve some of these things if what it is that they're doing isn't working for them. Because again, like you said, if whatever it is that they're doing is working for them, then keep doing it, right? Like everyone's different, no judgment, whatever. Um, but if yeah. it's not, and, and there are definitely situations where it's not, whether it's for the baby or for mom or for the entire family, then that's why you're here. Yes. And the important thing to remember with routines is just be consistent. Whatever you are doing, do the same thing every time. When you do the same thing every time, number one, it cues to your baby's body or your child's body that the next step is that long stretch of sleep. So it just cues their body and gets them ready for it. I mean, I remember um, when we got to the point where I was zipping up the sleep sack for my son, he's yawning. Like he's, he knows what's next. So it's just funny how um, their bodies become so in tune to that consistency. Um, and then when you provide consistency like that, and we're introducing the idea of helping them learn those independent sleep skills, they're going to come up with their own consistent strategy for going to sleep. So you're providing that kind of start and then they know how to finish it. I'm hitting the pause button quick to share with you guys a product that my family absolutely loves. Magic Spoon is a protein-packed, delicious adult version of some of our favorite childhood cereals. It's a healthy cereal that seriously tastes too good to be true. Each serving has about 11 grams of protein per serving, compared to those other cereals that only have one or two grams of protein per serving. Each serving also only contains three net carbs, compared to an average of 24 net carbs per serving with other cereals. Magic Spoon cereals are also grain-free, gluten-free, and free of artificial sweeteners and other funky ingredients. They have flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry, honey nut, and my favorite, peanut butter. Give it a try at magicspoon.com and enter Jenna Overbaugh, one word, for free shipping on me. Happiness 100% guaranteed. Talk, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, when we say consistent, that doesn't mean perfect, right? Because I'm sure moms out there are, you know, they're thinking about, well, what about this? Like, you know, I messed this up or, or something got in the way here or my work schedule, so on and so forth. Like, can you speak to that at all? Just the idea of consistency versus like, if we, if we do mess up every once in a while, what can we do to kind of combat that? Yes. So I live by in general, what I refer to as the 80, 20 rule. And you know, this isn't a new idea. I, there's lots of people who follow that rule for nutrition or uh, working out or sleep per se. Um, so the idea is that 80% of the time, you know, you're making it a priority and following those rules that you have in place. And then the other 20% of the time we allow for, like you said, life to happen. You know, um, when I'm working with clients, we try to maintain 100% consistency for the two or three weeks that we are working together. Um, and then after that, to maintain the sleep skills that we've worked hard to get, we live by the 80-20 rule. So 
as long as you're being consistent more often than not, you know, it's going to help your child. Um, we do want to remember too that the next 24 hours can be easily affected if naps are skipped or if you know you're putting your child to bed too late. So just know that if something's a little off, it's probably going to affect the next 24 hours. Um, but you can get back on track with you know consistency again. Um, we also want to make sure that depending on your child's age you are following and implementing the right kinds of schedules or awake windows for them. So when we talk about schedules and awake windows, um, with babies who are younger than, I would say, five or six months, we are really focusing on awake windows. So that's basically the time from waking up from one sleep until they go down for the next sleep. So the time between naps or um, the last nap and bedtime. Um, those times vary, but they're based on their development um, and about how much stamina they have for staying awake. Um, you wanna try and find what works best for your child. I mean, it does vary from baby to baby. Um, for example, a newborn, can handle 45 to 60 minutes of awake time. And this was something that blew my mind uh, when I first learned of it because my newborn was definitely awake longer than that. And no wonder he was miserable. It was such a fight to get him down to sleep because he was overtired. So if you follow these awake windows, it kind of cuts out the overtiredness piece and it just makes it easier to help them get to sleep when they need it. Mm -hmm. um, so again, we follow awake windows and the, those times varies, vary based on ages up until about six months. Um, anywhere between six and nine months, a baby is likely ready to just be on a set schedule with two naps. Um, so when they're newborns, you know, they're taking maybe five or six naps. Um, once they're closer to eight to 12 weeks, they're maybe doing four to five naps in a day. And then, you know, as they get a little older and more mature, those naps kind of just, they start to consolidate a little more and um, they lessen so you don't need as many. Um, and then, like I said, once they're on, on their way to that two nap schedule, you can get them on a set schedule and you don't have to worry about the awake windows anymore. Mm -hmm. So just making sure you're um, within the the windows and or the schedule you're following your routines and providing consistency that's going to help your child sleep better awesome yeah i i found the idea of awake windows and schedules way too late <laughs> i think i discovered it you know when eli was like a year and a half or two and i'm like oh that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense why we yep. had different time sleeping because he was overtired. And I think that concept is really difficult for a lot of parents to understand. Like, because when we're tired, we, we normally understand the context for that and we can go to bed and maybe they don't understand that as much. Little babies. Well, right. And babies, a lot of them need you to help them get to sleep. So you have to do it for them. Um, so it, it, that's exactly what you said. If they are feeling tired, but don't know how to get to sleep, guess what? That's what you're there for is to help them. Yeah. Um, now there are 
you know, when I work with newborn families, there are strategies we do to help your child learn that a little more. Um, so we're really just focusing on laying the right kind of foundation. Um, so talking about all of these things like the environment and what awake window time they should be at right now. Um, and then again, not stressing because naps are very developmental. Um, it's okay to do a carrier nap here and there. It's okay to do, you know, a nap in the stroller if you're going for a walk and just kind of talking about, well, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? What will help promote these skills and what won't? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And as you're going through all these different tools and everything like that, I'm trying to envision kind of what it looks like to work with you as a person and as a family. So can you maybe just walk us through kind of what that process is like? So let's say somebody out there is really struggling. They're thinking like they didn't even know the sleep consultant was out there. Um, and they want to either get your help or someone else's help. What's that process like? Yeah. So once people find me, um, most people find me on either Facebook or Instagram or by word of mouth referral. Um, people will go to my website and typically uh, people, you know, they want to chat a little more and learn more about what I do and how I can help. So we will set up a discovery call. They'll fill out a quick form on my website to schedule that. And then we hop on a free 20 minute call. Um, when I'm chatting with families, you know, there's no judgment. I have been, I've been where the, a lot of them are at and I get it. And if I know that if they're on the phone with me, they're looking for a change and they're looking for help. So um, that's what I'm here to do. Um, after we chat, we kind of go over what their goals would be. They have time to tell me everything that's going on, what changes they'd like to see. And then we talk about what I can do to help them and we go over the different package options. Um, once someone decides they would like to move forward with booking a package and working together, we go through and have um, a questionnaire that they fill out. After they have filled out the questionnaire, I write a sleep plan for their child and their family, uh, just based on the child's um, personality, their temperament, what the family's preferences are, uh, what their scheduling needs are, you know, if they work in home, out of home, if they have daycare, um, you know, different strategies for all of that are considered. Um, once the plan is completed, um, we have a date on the calendar for the consultation. So we then hop on a 60-minute Zoom call and go over the plan together. Once we go through the plan, a couple days later, they start implementing the plan. And this is kind of where things may look different depending on what package families choose. Um, I have three package levels just based on different families' budgeting needs, as well as the different support they feel they might need. So um, my essential package is basically what you need to get going. It includes, uh, what, like I said, the sleep plan and the consultation, and then it has two, e two support emails. So we, the sleep plans are two or three weeks, and then um, throughout that time, each client has sleep logs that they fill out so I can see exactly what's going on 
as they're working through the plan, they fill that out for me and I can give feedback. And then, like I said, with the essential package, there are two support emails included. Uh, the next level up is my preferred package. And this is really the one where um, if you're needing just a little bit more support than just text or like the sleep logs and email, I offer unlimited voice and text support for those two weeks. So it's kind of like having me in your back pocket. Like you can say, hey, Erin, this is what happened today. I wasn't really sure what to do or how to handle it. Um, you know, that's something that I would then, you know, respond to and help you out as you go through your day. Um, so that is the preferred package. And then the everything package is the next level up. And that is for uh, someone who knows that they're going to need extra support. So there's an automatically an extra week built into their plan, um, along with the voice and text and email support. And then in addition to all of that, there is also unlimited email support for six months through the purchase date. So um, let's say, you know, we've worked together for these three weeks, your child's sleeping awesome, and then all of a sudden daylight savings happens and you don't know what to do or how to handle it. Uh, you would reach out to me via email and then I would respond within 24 hours and give you all the tips and tricks and resources to kind of work through that. Or let's say your child um, is having some sort of regression, you're not sure what's going on and you don't know how to, how to proceed. That's something you would send me an email for and within 24 hours I would respond, you know, with all the tips and tricks and resources to help you through that. So um, that package kind of helps you maintain uh, the sleep skills that we've worked hard to implement. And not many families need that. Um, usually once you have a good sleeper, as long as you're following the 80-20 rule, you're going to be able to maintain it on your own. However, there are some people who know, you know, I'm just going to want to have that in my back pocket if I need it. So that's an option too. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you offer so many different tiers there because there are so many women who, you know, you know, they, they may need different levels. And I know as a, as a new mom, sometimes that just, that just in case, like, I just want to have her in my back pocket. That's so important and just can lift a whole lot of weight off of our already really heavy shoulders. So that's so great. So yeah, so Erin, that was awesome. I know so many women are going to love you know, learning all these different tips. I know that sleep is such a difficult thing for moms, no matter what stage of the game they're in. So I'm really glad that you were able to come here and share some of your expertise with us. Um, so where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you and your services and all of that? Yeah, so I am on Facebook and Instagram, Lake Country Sleep. Um, if you are looking for more resources, my website, lakecountrysleep.com, has my blog on it and there's just tons of info on there about uh, when to nap transition, how to travel with little ones and maintain sleep if you're traveling, um, how do I know it's the right time to sleep train, basically anything you can think of is on the blog so go check that out. Uh, people can also subscribe to my email list 
Um, I always send out an email when a new blog is released so that you can keep, keep track of that. Um, and then occasionally I will send out emails with, you know, promotions that are going on, timely seasonal things like um, back to school, how to help that transition or daylight savings we just went through. So there was a ton of information going out about that just to help you um, along in your child's sleep journey. Um, so also when you do subscribe to my email list on my website, um, I have two different options for you. There is uh, your complete guide to awake windows. So that's basically for um, babies. So I would say that's a good piece of education for you if you have a child who is a, less than a year old. Um, if your child's older than a year, I have um, like a toddler bedtime chart for you. So you can subscribe that way and download the bedtime chart and you can couple that with some stickers and kind of motivate your child to work through their bedtime routine if you're finding that that's a struggle. Um, there's a whole blog post about that too that you'll receive uh, when you get that. So um, just how to do it, what to do, um, and help you, you know, in your child's sleep journey. I do also offer a free question Friday on my Instagram stories every Friday. So if you have specific sleep questions about your child, you can always hop on there and send your questions my way on Fridays and I answer them throughout the day. So I just, I love to be able to help people in this capacity and serve my audience. And it's, you know, always a pleasure when I hear back from families. I just got an email the other day. Um, I did a, like an essential newborn plan with a family prenatally and uh, it was just great, you know. I think back to when I had my first child and how hard of a struggle it was and to get this email, knowing that I helped a family so they didn't have to go through that. It was so funny. The mom like went through each part of the plan that we had gone over together and she's like, this helps us do this and this helps us do this and just thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know, I just, I do this because I want to help people. Um, I don't want people to have to feel like they've hit rock bottom. Um, and know that they don't have to get to that point before reaching out for help. So I have tons of resources available. Even if you don't wanna work with me, go check things out because you know, basic education can be super helpful too. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think um, we underestimate, at least I certainly did, the benefit of Instagram and just what naturally exists resource-wise on social media. And I have to say, Erin does an amazing job at providing those resources. And for any of you who know the entrepreneurial archetype, she's a creator like me, which basically, if you don't know what that means, she's amazing at creating content and she really, really loves that aspect of things. So you'll get a feel for that as soon as you go and check out her Instagram, her Facebook, her website. Um, and I will definitely link all of those things in the show notes for this episode. So you will love everything that she puts out. She's incredible. And I can tell you from, from just knowing her that she's amazing and she really, really loves this. Her heart and soul is in it. So is there anything else, Erin, that you can think of? Anything else for our mamas to know? 
Oh, I don't, just know that you are doing a good job. You are doing a good job where you're at. It's hard. There are hard days. And then there are days that aren't so hard, but you're doing it and you're doing great. So, and thank you, Jenna. That's so sweet of you to say all of that. Yeah. Well, awesome. And like I said, you guys who are listening, you can um, find her. I follow her on Instagram. So um, you can find her that way. You can find her in the show notes um, if you need an extra reminder of how to do that. So Erin, thank you so much. I'm sure you'll get a lot of free question Fridays from our audience <laughs> this upcoming Friday and forward to it Friday um, as people continue to listen to the episode. So thank you so much. Tons of awesome tips and mamas. I hope you liked it. Let us know how it works for you. Thanks, Erin. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.